All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Mama's, Mama's Den. Mama's Den again. <laughs> I know that's right. This is Cody, Mama to Brooks, Aristotle, and Langston. I'm Melanie. I am, what am I? I am a mother. <laughs> I'm a mother to two children, a seven-year-old and a year and a half old. That's Cameron and Kaya Love. I'm Fee, Mama Fee, and I have Peace and Zen. Those are my children's names, yes. <laughs> Ooh, and, just, and you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm Ashley, and I'm a mother of four. And- Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Shout out to the Bob's Den content. To do that. Got an army over there. <laughs> yes, I have a 14-year-old who's a freshman in high school. Oh, my gosh. A seven-year-old wow. now. She turned seven. Five-year-old and an almost two-year-old. All girls. Girl. Yay. Oh, you weren't going to say their names? I would like to say Oh, that. Amira, Azara, Asia, and Natalia. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I would like to it. say that my youngest, who is also um, less than a month Girl. younger than Ashley's, is also Ashley's fifth daughter. Yes. Partially. Kaya Love. Ashley, Ashley definitely manifested me having another baby and it being a girl. So I also have, we uh, share these responsibilities. I have Kaya and Kyla because Kyla Bell, shout out to Tiff. Oh, her daughter is like, that's like, that was my second daughter. See, I have six daughters. She has six daughters. (laughs) Mother of dragons. (laughs) All right. We got questions for us. Okay. And as we get into these questions uh, to the, to the folks listening, if you have a question, okay, you can send us a question. Oh, there's a lot of question. You can send us a question. If you have a question on Instagram at the mama's den podcast or via email at podcasts with an S. I thought y'all were going to throw it, you know, throw Sorry. that S in there. S. You are ad Um My bad. Podcast with an S at blacklove.com or through the Google. Okay. In the show notes. Let's get into these questions. First. I would, I would like to read the first question because this is an island from, yes. this is a mama from the island. So my I feel that in the true spirit of island mamas, I would like to bring out my island mama. Will you read voice. it with an accent? I will definitely yes. read it with an accent. Okay. This is island mama from Antigua. Now, by the way, I don't know truly what an accent from Antigua sounds like, but I'm just going to go into my general Caribbean accent. Okay. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Your show is so refreshing. I can't express how meaningful these convos are for me. My question is, how do you create balance between having a spouse, childcare, and self-care? Some days I feel like I disappoint someone because I am not spending sufficient time or I am just plain exhausted. What are your tips and tricks? That was so cute. It was, was. adorable. Was so I was like, good. I actually really think you need to start talking like uh, that. <laughs> my mom would be so proud. <laughs> Let me be your manager and get you some voiceover jobs. This was this, this was like that was like a meld of like Guyanese, Trinidadian, like Listen, other. So you can just be shout out to all the Caribbean mamas. The yeah, Disney like aunt on an animated series who's from the <laughs> islands. Listen, I'm with it. Okay, so. What yes, child? The balance. Cody, go first, please. I have. I was literally reading this. Like, ma'am, I've got no answers for this. She said, "Me too." How do you create balance? (laughs) Exactly. I'm looking at y'all. Somebody answered this question for me and uh, the island mama, Felicia. Okay, so I'll add something since I just came off this question because I literally don't have an answer for myself, but have this Mm -hmm. exact same question. My always answer whenever people bring up the balance word is just like balance is not this like 50-50. I equally put enough time into myself, my husband and my children today. It just doesn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think in the reality of real life, it maybe it can for some people, but I think the majority of us struggle with that. And so I think it's making peace with the fact that things are okay, unbalanced, Mm -hmm. 50-50 and being like, how do we designate the time? So, okay, 
I think that self-care, to be honest, for women and mothers especially, is to me the priority. And I don't care if that's 30 minutes one day or three minutes one day. Like, I feel like it is so important for parents and mothers to pour into themselves at some point so that at the end of the day, after they've literally exhausted every ounce of energy and resource into everyone else, because it's just just what we do, that you didn't feel like you didn't do that for yourself at any point in the day. So Mm -hmm. I just think that like one small ounce of self-care every day is a part of that balance. And then also making designated days for things to be like, all right, so today I am full on with the kids. I'm not going to get to go to my yoga class today, but on Fridays, that's my yoga class today. So spouse, as I've been working with you as a partner throughout the week to manage our household, this is the day I need. And I think asking for help and feeling worthy that you can ask for help has been a game changer for me most recently. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I don't think there's any tricks or tips. That's just like finding your own way through it. Oh, I have an idea. Yeah, something that I just told Mel about the other day. I told her, I was like, oh, you're going to be so proud of me. But Amira was trying out for a team for three days and she had to be there from 4.30 until 6.30. So instead of me dropping her off and going home, I stayed and stayed in the car and then I worked and I was like writing because I'm working on this book. And so then um, the girls, they have dance on Saturdays from 10 to 1, which is a long stretch. And then Chia was like, are you going to come home? And I was like, no, I'm going to stay and write. And so I just sat in the lobby of the dance studio and I wrote and worked on the book. So I think also taking pockets of time Mm -hmm. within time for other things things Mm -hmm. and creating space for yourself is super important because obviously I have a lot of kids and just being able to spend time with myself is hard. And I've also been forcing myself to wake up early and go on my walks before the day starts. Um, And it has made me feel like a thousand percent better just about myself and as a mother. Sorry, I have a little lift because this thing in my braces. (laughs) I'm like, Cindy's on a (laughs) thethaw. But um, fitting on a (laughs) thethaw. But no, I think that, um, creating creating time within time yeah Yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. I feel like I feel both of you guys I feel like for me I have to plan my self-care times Mm -hmm. like I think I make it a priority to plan it because I know that if I'm not showing up to the things that make me feel full and happy and satisfied and mind you that can look like having hot tea and breathing for five minutes in the morning before anybody else that can look like prayer that can look like taking a pottery class Mm -hmm. but I have to I have to be intentional and be like okay Felicia you know you have to do it but I also think that it's a lifestyle thing and getting those pockets when you can like because as a mom as a woman there's so many things that we juggle and I feel like if you have a pocket like utilize that pocket like lean into that pocket Mm -hmm. asking for help Mm -hmm. is a game changer I love asking for help Mm. I can't believe I ever (laughs) thought that asking for help was get a sign of weakness <laughs> no it's like oh hell no that's a whole nother episode girl glad we uh <laughs> rewrote that part of the subconscious mind I, I, listen i i'll share a piece from my therapy session last week and we were talking about like the balance of you know i tend to be very considerate to what my partner is going through and what he has to do and that's kind of like it's a double-edged sword because I'm happy to do that. But then also I realized that I can also be self-sacrificing in that way as well. And so I was saying to my therapist, I was just like, yeah, well, she's like, what is it that you're telling yourself that stops you from asking for the help? And I'm like, I just feel like rather than like wait for the reaction of what it could be that feels like I'm putting more in that direction, you know, I'll just get it done myself. And she's like, but you're doing that to yourself. She's like, so you just ask, hey, can you dot, dot, dot? And if they, the person on the other end, 
does not respond in a positive way, that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. One. Two, it will likely get done even if they have to huff and puff. And that's the goal. Mm. So you just have to be like, hey, can you? And then, <laughs> then I was like, but what happens if there's resistance? She was like, you say, like somebody says like, oh, why do you want me to do that? Because I need the help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, it's nothing else. It's not, I'm, I'm not trying to punish you. I'm not trying to, you know, tip these scales or play tip for tat. I need the help. This yeah. is why I'm asking. This yeah. is the only reason why I'm asking. Yeah. And I think that that's something we have to give ourselves permission to do in every area of life. Yeah. Which sometimes as women and especially black women, we are taught like, yeah, you could do it. Just get through it. You could do it. You could get through it. It's like, oh, shit. I, yeah. Can somebody just help Mm-mm. me? Just get I can't. through this a little That's bit. That's my answer to everything. I am a weak woman. <laughs> I am dainty and in need of help. I can't do it on my own. I do that all the time. The chair, I'm like, That's oh, hilarious. I can't. I need your help. I need my man. I need my I'm, man. I'm not, I'm not saying it like that. I do. Did I you need see, my man, did you my see, man. Did you see? I don't know if you guys saw this clip going around about... Um, you know, the idea of being strong versus fragile. And somebody was just like, I want to be, she said, I want to be referred to as fragile. She's like, I don't care if you think that that sounds weak. What is something that's fragile? It's delicate. You handle it with care. Mm -hmm. You give it extra, extra packing when you're shipping it. She's Mm -hmm. like, all these things. She was like, I can too break. Yeah. So treat me like I am fragile because I am. And I was like, damn. Yep. Mm -hmm. Fragile. (laughs) What about you, Cody? I'm going to add, well, I told you I didn't have no answers, but (laughs) but y'all did inspire me to remember that like (laughs) something that I'm really bad at and as a person who's highly scheduled is like, I can schedule nothing if Mm -hmm. I want to. You know what I mean? Even an hour of like, no meetings yeah. or whatever. Just like I can schedule that and I don't. Mm-hmm. The same as I can schedule a date night or I can schedule like hanging out, you know, one-on-one mm-hmm. time with yeah. my kids and I don't. I kind of show up for the things I have to show up for yep. and then I just am tired. Mm. But I need to take more control of it. Mm. But it's good to, It's good that you know that you have those pockets. You're like, I'm like, I feel like that's also a form of self-care, not booking a damn thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. the sweetness of nothing? Girl. Oh, come on now. Girl. Yeah. Sweetest Let heaven. me just sit outside in the sunshine. Yeah. Okay. Wait, sorry, I have to say something to, to what you're saying about the asking for help. I think a lot of times we'll ask for help or we'll hold ourselves back from asking for help because we're afraid of like how the person's going to answer, whether the answer is no, or I can't do it. But I feel like detaching ourselves from what we feel somebody's going to say and allowing them the opportunity to say, Hey, I can't do it or I can do it. I feel like it's also a game changer. Like now the way that I overly communicate things to my partner, I'm like, that you should not be confused by anything because <laughs> it's like and I'm yet. asking and if it is a mm-hmm. resistance I'm like why is there resistance well I have to do the okay well then it's okay for you to say no babe look mm-hmm. I am not playing girl you know I'm like that communication is well what was something on black love who was it though who said it was it you I was mm-hmm. I think it was round table talk or was it an interview so not, many things wait hold I on. don't know girl first of all there's no round table talk what, what was there it was called? the latest round table yes that you it's, did. it's not called round table talk she's like it was a red table no it is no, a red girl. table no not round ladies, table the ladies round table yes but it wasn't I don't know the but, one you were on damn it no, what, you who said, said it? what I think it was <laughs> you who said it it was just oh, really after love. Yeah, after love you were talking about communication and how people say in relationships that communication is like 
so much more than what you say. There it's you how go. you say it. It's the yeah. facial expression you made. It's mm-hmm. that one like high word, mm-hmm. but all of it. The eye, the eye roll, right. the eye twitch. Girl. Which I felt like when you said that, I was like, that is so important because people always are like, communication, communication. But also, Girl. if you don't communicate the same way either, yeah. that's not always just the answer. It's how you communicate. And I'm like, that how in yeah. front of communication. There's all these one-liners that people like hold on to. You know what I mean? <laughs> communication is key. Yes. Yeah. There's so much more to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, like they took out the rest to of the sentence. Yeah. When they say 80%, 80% of communication is non-verbal. non-verbal. Yeah. yeah. And that's I'm like, oh, that's a, that's why sometimes if I see my little boo, I'm like, that was an eye roll. The way that you huffed. He's like, yeah. no, nothing's wrong. I'm like, I can uh, see your yeah. body language. Right. I'm a right. Scorpio. I can see, I can I see, I can see through everything. <laughs> Yes. Is, that's not yes. what it says. Yes. 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 It's probably yes. From Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Hey, mamas. I'm biracial. My mother is black and my father is Iranian. Aww. My mom was Christian and my dad was Muslim. This is why I told Ashley to read this. Okay. Mm-hmm. This but like neither me. one of them practices their religion anymore. Growing up, there was never really a convo about which religion my brother and I would follow. We went to a Christian church with my mom and my dad practiced his religion separately. As a Christian, you hear that if you don't believe in Jesus, then you won't go to heaven. That message always left me confused because I wondered if my dad would be sent to hell since he wasn't Christian. Oh my gosh. Uh-uh. Another Girl. Christian topic that had me confused was sins because humans make mistakes all the time. I've always been afraid of the unknown and death because I wondered if my sins would cause me to go to hell and if God would really believe if I said Jesus was my Lord and Savior, knowing I was doubtful. As an almost 30-year-old, having these thoughts along with life changes and losing loved ones, I've become very conflicted about what is what as far as religion goes. I saw Ashley's post about what makes you believe in God, and I can definitely agree that having a child and losing people makes me feel like there is a higher power as well. However, I feel like I'm just existing in life without having a deep connection with God, and I am longing for it, just without religion. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a word. Mm-hmm. How do you connect with God slash higher power, free from having to solely identify as one specific religion? Mm-hmm. Is it possible to believe in God or look at holy books from various religions for positivity and a connection with God? Mm, absolutely. You guys mind if that's I touch great. on this? Yeah, go. Yeah. I need to go in. Pastor Fee is tapped in. So I personally... My relationship with God that I've had since I was like a seven-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a personal relationship. And I think religion is something that gives people like foundation and kind of like the like starts the values out. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say I'm super religious. Mm -hmm. Like I get it. I I know what it's for. Mm -hmm. Um, But I practice and studied like so many different religions and I'm like the foundation of it is be a good person. You know what I mean? Love, be kind. Like it's all the same foundational things. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for myself in terms of exploring what that relationship looked like with God, because I used to totally feel like that too. Growing up Christian, it's very like, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. And then, but as an adult, I had to really challenge like, do I really feel like that's how like the God that I serve mm-hmm. is going to be like, mm-hmm. so like, okay, you did one thing wrong, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to hell. I'm like, but it doesn't make sense, especially in the worlds of Christianity. It doesn't make sense because if we're saying that all sin is equal, then right. why is it that some people are like singling out, like, let's say, um, homosexuality is like, why are these people singled out? But you just lied yesterday. Even if it's a white lie, it's mm-hmm. still a quote unquote sin. So I just feel like 
religion sometimes confuses all of that. And it's such a disservice because having your connection with God, no matter what religion is such a, like a relationship that you can't pay for. Yeah. Like you have to tap into, you mm-hmm. know? So sometimes when I hear stuff like that, it just makes me so sad. Like clearly this person went to church and was told these things yeah. by mm-hmm. another human being, yeah. you know? So I always say just, and I teach my children too, like I'm going to, I'm going to have you guys go to church. You guys understand the foundational things, but your relationship with God is your relationship. That's your own personal thing. Mommy can introduce you, but I can't keep it going for you. Like you have to do that, you know? But I I just believe in the breaking it down to like the simplicity of like being a good person. But religion can be confusing. It can for sure. I mean, I grew up the same way she did, obviously. Like I went to church every Sunday and I went to the mosque every Friday. I wore a hijab until I was 12 years old and did every Ramadan and everything. Like I got a religion OD and my mom was very like... we were raised Muslim, but she still was like very open. So we would go to like powwows and we would go to temples. And like, she introduced us to every religion Mm -hmm. and made everything. Harry Krishna's child. We was out there hitting tambourines with him. Um, Girl, you see people knocking on my door. No, those are Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) (laughs) I study that too. It's different. Um, But no, I think for me, there came a point too, where number one, I, it was like, as I continued to be more and more educated, I love history. I love philosophy. And I took a ton of those classes in college and learning about the history of the world and then learning about religion. And, you know, there's some like discrepancies. Mm -hmm. And so just understanding that and understanding man and understanding that we're flawed human beings and people reiterating stories and rewriting Mm -hmm. them and rewriting the Bible over and over and over again and taking out stories. And this one doesn't fit. And what fits them. Exactly. So for me, like the more and more I learned about those things, I think it made it really easy for me to detach from it and realize that my connection with God and my connection with nature and my spirituality was my journey and my Mm -hmm. journey alone. But there are so well, one thing she touched in there, like, is it okay to read different? Absolutely. You can read as many books as you want and take from whatever you want that makes you a good person. And that's always my theory. Whatever you're following that makes you be a good person, just keep doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like whatever makes you feel accountable and and conscious, then that's what that's what you should be doing. But I I will die on this hill. I I feel like obviously religion is man made and I don't feel like anyone has a right to tell anyone what they can and can't do with their life or what is and isn't going to get you into heaven because none of us know. Mm. At the end of the day, literally no one knows it's all what we feel and believe is true and Mm so i get it like coming out of religious guilt is hard for a lot of people myself yeah Yeah. for sure but i would just say be gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. and trust your intuition and trust your um your heart and allow yourself to guide you to a place that feels at peace and whatever wherever that journey takes you if i feel like you know you're doing the right thing if you're living consciously Mm -hmm. and you're and you're living from your heart and being a good person mm-hmm. and and truly not judging other people girl that religion guilt i was like that's mm-hmm. the word yeah that's the it's word. a real thing i don't yeah. know about you ladies yeah i was gonna say i mean for, i just wanted to affirm her and you did that when she asked is it possible to believe in god and look at holy books from various yeah. religions for positivity and a connection with god yeah. yes like i think we're all saying yes and i don't like she wrote a lot and i don't want it to get lost in like our personal stories that mm-hmm. like she is, you know, searching for the right things for, yeah. for peace and love and connection. And, and, and so I just wanted to affirm that. But like, for me, I absolutely grew up in the church going every Sunday, um, going to Sunday school, me everything. Too. But I was fortunate in that. And I, and I always felt like, like I enjoyed church, but then every once in a while they would say somewhere, I'd be like, what? Like, yeah. why are we judging this, that, or the other thing? And that always threw me. 
And I was fortunate in that when I was in college, I was introduced to Conversations with God, the book by Neil Donald Walsh. And like the reality of like whether or not this man talked to God, I do not know. (laughs) But I appreciate like loved and appreciated like the lessons in the book, Mm -hmm. which greatly pointed to what you said, Felicia, like that like God doesn't want you to suffer. God mm-hmm. doesn't want you to like fear yeah. him. Yeah. You know, like there, there's so much more obviously in hundreds of pages, but like, I just remember like that book just changed things yeah. for me and made me focus on my relationship with God as number one. And, and that was it. Like I never looked back. It was yeah, always wow. like, this is just the way forward. Yeah. That book That's is, beautiful. that book is fire. I should get that I love that book. I've never read it. It's so good. It's just, it's, so I don't know. You feel like you're talking to God. <laughs> like, yeah. The the God in my mind is the same person that this man is writing about. You mm. know. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was in college. Like I didn't know no better. But I was like, yeah. huh? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Mel? Um, it's interesting because I same. I grew up Christian and Muslim. My dad is Muslim. My mom is Christian. Went to Catholic school. Religion was something I never really took to specifically, even though I was forced to right yeah Yeah. i went to catholic school you had to communion you had all those things you knew all the prayers but it wasn't something that i think as a child i held onto my life i think that when i look back and i even think about myself as a child my spiritual intuition has always been the grounding foundation i think for my connection to what spirituality and what quote-unquote religion could be Mm -hmm. i've never been somebody that i think has chosen a like strict one lane approach to religion. Mm -hmm. But the spirituality aspect, and I would just impart this because I think everybody's kind of expressed already the sentiments I too agree with, but I really would encourage Yas to recognize that the belief in God, if you have that, is recognizing that God is in everything. God is you. Mm -hmm. God is in the trees. God is in your children. God Mm -hmm. is in everything that you can. And so you can find that connection to your God, to what keeps you grounded and humble and disciplined and good and compassionate. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can find that in everything that exists because God is is everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe it's reframing the idea of it necessarily looking like a religion more than it looks like a spiritual practice yeah. Yeah. and an acknowledgement and a connection and a mm-hmm. relationship. Right. Um, so that's kind of like, I think what's kept me um, understanding and knowing that again, too, you know, that like, God is in you. Mm-hmm. You are right. connected to right. the spirit mm-hmm. of God in mm-hmm. yourself. And so to tap into that requires those conversations, yeah. requires that acknowledgement and, mm-hmm. and the development of the relationship. One thing I want to add, just when you said that too, is I think for me, my daily practice, and this is what I tell my children all the time, especially my teenager now that she's in high school, mm-hmm. is that God is love. Mm-hmm. So wherever love exists, that's where God is. And mm-hmm. wherever it is void of, God is probably not dwelling there (laughs) and you need to remove yourself from that presence. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so just understanding that too, that, and not just things that make you feel good, like ice cream, like, cause there's things that can make you feel good where there's hard work. Look, sometimes God is in the ice cream, baby girl. Oh yeah. Okay. Especially Jenny. Shout out to Jenny. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I think God is, God is is in the struggle. God is in the Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. But understanding that because there's a difference between God being in a struggle 
And then there's a difference between something that is totally not for you. Yeah. Right? Right. So that comes with really understanding yourself and knowing yourself and knowing what's good for you. And discernment. And your in- yes, dis- dis- discernment. your discernment and your intuition. I say all the time that God talks to everybody. Everybody just does not listen. Mm-hmm. And that your intuition, those feelings, that feeling you get when you're around something, it's not feeling right. It doesn't make me feel good. That is God telling you abort mission. Yeah. This is not it. Yeah. This is not the space Spice. for you. I've, yeah. I've definitely gotten really good at like, Going to spaces, I call them like like uh, refill or like fuel stations, mm-hmm. like going to certain spaces and creating certain experiences for myself that allow me to really tap into that connection. Mm-hmm. So like when I do yoga, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just me and God is one channel. Mm-hmm. When I do my pottery, it's just God and I. Yep. But that's the thing, too, is like how you said when you're doing yoga you have to literally focus on yourself you can't look to the left or the right because if somebody starts teetering to the left you end up starting to go too so it's such a like a focus on when I'm looking at myself but I'm like no I'm connecting with God in this moment and I feel like it's such a a reflection of just I don't know just a reflection of God and how God shows up yeah. like in all of our lives, you know, percent. yeah. Finding, yeah. finding God in those pockets too, yeah. you know, y'all got some good, good questions. I know, these are good. I know, right. Y'all better come on. I, I, <laughs> I, I just want to shout out Yas and, and yeah. thank you for being so transparent and vulnerable. You know, religion can be something that some people don't like to share or talk about. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I think just even putting yourself out there with questions to receive feedback i hope that like you find what it mm-hmm. is that you need and what you're looking for mm-hmm. i concur yeah love it <laughs> i concur oh. all right come on ohio. come on ohio come on ohio Brianna from ohio do i know you girl where you from okay <laughs> hi state. ladies first i would like to say that your podcast gets me through my days being a co-parenting mother who is trying to figure life out I am in a season in my life where I'm feeling called to move specifically to Birmingham or Atlanta. Come on, specific GPS. (laughs) I know, right? Those are very different cities. I have family there. No, I'm kidding. And my family's views align with mine more than my father's. Mm -hmm. Oh, his his father's. father's. Sorry. He's a very present father, but really enjoys partying and drinking, which causes him to do stupid things. And he can sometimes be very short with our child. But I am very scared to leave Ohio because my co-parent is here and we co-parent throughout the week. How do you decide what is right, even if what is right is the harder choice? Signed, a trying mother. Hmm. Well, Fee, you want to answer that one because you co-parent maybe? Well, I can only speak from like my own personal experience, Mm -hmm. but... For me personally, I look at my my children's relationship with their father and how much they love their father, how much they love their father being around and doing things with them. So that was always the thing that I was like, I never want to take that away from them. Now, I feel like if somebody's like partying and drinking and doing things that are like risky, right. I definitely think you that's something you should like talk to somebody about or ha- talk to him about. but. I don't know. I think it's it's difficult because also if your tribe is somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, it's that's honestly you have a, a tough decision. Like yeah. I, I I wouldn't know what to do either. Yeah, I think yeah. initially as a child who grew up in a divorced home, mm-hmm. um, I would say that or I don't want to say divorced because my parents were never married, but whatever. Separated home. I'd be forgetting that. Uh, no, never got married because my dad married somebody else while he was with my mom. Um, <laughs> stop it to my dad. Love you though. <laughs> oh, 
it happens. So anyway, um, I feel like being close to my father was really important to me. And um, okay, you know, my dad had some character flaws in the beginning, but he was like 20 something. So I try to keep that in mind. And my mom never held that against my father, but also was never in a dangerous situation. So that's very, that I want to be specific about Mm -hmm. that. My dad never put my life in danger and he never did anything to risk our lives or our safety. So, yeah. Um, But however, my mom kept us close to my dad and I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So it's hard because a part of me is like, you kind of want to stay in the same state or the same area because you want your child to be able to experience both parents. But I do have friends who parent from like cross country and they Mm -hmm. just exchange their child and they, they make it work and their kid is super happy and healthy Mm -hmm. and developed. And yeah, I mean, they're literally parenting from two different countries Mm -hmm. and they share time and space. So it's very possible to do that. If you and the co-parent are in a healthy relationship and you can create some type of schedule that would really work Mm -hmm. for the child. Yeah. But the caveat is that you're saying that he parties a lot and is doing these other things. So maybe, um, some family counseling and start from there and kind of see where that goes, you know, Mm -hmm. like all three of you together and maybe you and the person just separately to figure out like a good language and boundaries and, then you can build from there before you move to another yeah, state. Good idea. Counseling, yeah. great advice. counseling is great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was like, girl, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. My only thought, and I don't know nothing, um, is that, is that if that's something that like she feels called to do, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a reason for that. It doesn't mean it's like what she needs to do, but yeah. like she yeah. asked, you know, how do you decide what's right? Even if it's like super hard. Mm. Um, I would say like, if that's something that you feel called to do, like truly evaluate, yeah. what it looks like pros and cons because you move <laughs> knowing full well you want your child to have a relationship yeah. with his father then the question is like how how do you look to arrange that yeah. you know what i mean like that's gonna be on both of y'all so like really looking at the entire picture and deciding am i up for that right. is he up for that mm-hmm. do i even can i fix my mouth to say this is what i'm gonna do this is what i think we should do yeah. you know i think therapy should be a part of that too but like truly examine what does it look like? Because yeah, it isn't advice. picking up and moving and now we have no relationship with this man. Yeah. You know, it's figuring it out all around. Yeah, I concur. Concurra. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> so Riley from Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> Hi, mamas. I love the pod and desperately need some advice. How do you all handle unsolicited parenting advice from immediate family members when you don't parent the way they want you to? I have a one-year-old daughter and we don't live close to my family, so we don't see them very often. My daughter is very shy around people. She does not see often and is very clingy to me, but she does have a very spicy and big personality when she's out of her shell. On our most recent visit to my family house, My mother kept saying to my daughter that she is rude and she has no discipline. Mm. She constantly says to her how she needs to get some slaps in order. Oh, child. Okay. In order for her to listen properly. She does not say it to me, but only says it to my daughter. I'm like, how old is this? One. 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 A one year old? Come on. You know what the answer is. Riley, you're (laughs) right. It's hurtful and makes me feel like I'm doing a bad job parenting my daughter. I don't want to raise her constantly yelling and hitting her. I'm realizing that parenting is hard, but I want to be a safe place for my child, but also have firm boundaries and understanding with her. How can I raise an emotionally intelligent child, but also stick to having firm and stern boundaries without hitting and yelling all the time? I'm sorry this is long. I just don't have a support system that can guide me with advice um thank you mamas oh baby oh gosh this That's is a lot yes. yeah but can we note there are two questions here two very different yeah. questions yeah yeah somebody else wants to answer first. handling the unsolicited parenting advice actually i would add a third how to handle unsolicited parenting advice then in the middle 
Mama's only saying this to the one-year-old. She's not saying it to, to her own dog. child. Yeah. It's weird. Which is not okay. Yeah. And then the third part was how to raise an emotionally intelligent yeah. child. Cool, the, cool, cool. The unsolicited parenting advice, I feel like we all get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when you're on your first kid, mm-hmm. when everybody, In year you know. one, when you haven't set boundaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, you don't know what boundaries are. But for myself, I'll listen to what somebody's saying and I just take what I need and the rest is like, okay, that's your opinion. But I kind of just ignore them mm-hmm. yeah person i'm like because wh- what are we like what am i going to do go back and forth with you and t- you know i'm mm-hmm. like for what no i think that that is super smart i say ignore and then there is there comes a point when you have to create boundaries which is mm-hmm. what um cody said mm-hmm. and I, i've had to do that with family members though and i had to be like okay i'm gonna need you to stop saying that mm-hmm. like i don't care how awkward it gets because what's happening is now i'm having anxiety or i'm having unpleasant interactions with people or unpleasant energy every time i go around mm-hmm. certain family knowing that they're going to say something or make a negative comment and that's just even for unsolicited unsolicited advice period yeah. like about parenting about your body about your marriage you know what i mean mm-hmm. like how some family just feels like they could say whatever they want yeah. and i've had to tell aunties like First of all, we're not going to comment on my body anymore. So that conversation is out. Yeah. And you're not going to comment on the way I parent my child anymore. I'm sorry that you feel like I'm not doing a good job, but this is my baby. It's mine. Yeah. So yeah. I really just don't care. And, you know, that's hard. It's hard for a lot of people, especially in a black community. You don't talk to your elders that way. Mm-hmm. But when you have birthed a child out of your body or you adopted them or whatever, you're raising a kid. That is now your responsibility. And honestly, it's not for anyone else to say anything to. So you create healthy boundaries, but you speak up for yourself and let people know mm-hmm. that it's not OK. And they cannot continue to keep saying these things to you, mm-hmm. and especially if they're not saying them with love, like no. if they're just saying it. And I, I'm very like livid at this woman talking to the child a one-year-old because because it's more than just like saying to mom hey your child is rude now you're telling this little girl who she is because you're Mm -hmm. the grown-up the grandmother Mm. looking her in her face and saying you little girl are this Mm. and that's not cool even if she is rude Mm -hmm. right but how can a one-year-old be rude like yes there's some one-year-olds that are out of control (laughs) sure whatever but rude is like consciousness you yeah. have to, to call someone rude. They have to be conscious of their behavior and intentionally doing that. I think it's just a projection of what this grandmother right. feels this child should be giving them yeah. what type of yeah. way they should be interacting with them, what their expectation of what the relationship mm-hmm. is supposed to be. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is something that I can definitely like identify with as far as like the elders, Caribbean people, like a certain old school way of thinking that children must behave a certain way or it makes them this, this, that. And and the just unapologetic desire to constantly express how things should be done. And when we raise children and this, 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 that. And it is a fine line. With Riley, I feel like I understand what Riley is going through as far as like, hey, you know, we don't see them often. Is this worth the fight? Mm. You know, is this worth the fight every single time? But it's obviously affecting your relationship, Riley, with your child as well. And so I think that in that space, I think we should ask ourselves the intention of why we're doing anything always. And it's usually to do no harm. Mm. And so in any other arena in the world, if you stood up for yourself, no one would question you. And so we kind of like have this weird boundary when it comes to our moms or our elders and, Mm. and granted not all battles need to be won and fought in the same day. But I think when your safety of yourself and the safety of your child and the, um, the security in which you feel 
within that relationship, the safety you feel, that's the word I just kind of want to bring it back to, the safety that you feel to be your authentic self for your child to feel safe with ever whom they're around is more than enough reason, I think, to advocate for yourself to say, hey, this is a boundary that I want to I want to set. Mm-hmm. And then also too, recognizing that that relationship being projected to your daughter, it's also affecting the way you're parenting because you're not even comfortable with the way that you're parenting with being physical or yelling, you know, and and so that's also going to take some unlearning for yourself if you want things to be different for your daughter to grow up in a different environment, you know? Yeah. Um, and you want your kids always, I think ultimately for anybody, you want your kids to feel safe around whoever they're around. Yeah. And that should be the marker of like, where do I go? Who am I around? Who does my child be around? And that's hard sometimes when it's your mom, but sometimes, yeah. Yeah. sometimes there's a boundary that needs to be set yeah. and respected. So I also feel like with Riley, she's in such a position of like really breaking generational strongholds mm-hmm. that's what that looks like that's where it starts now is like in the one-year-old where you start mm-hmm. to put the boundary like we're not that's not how we're doing I'm not hitting mm-hmm. I'm not yelling you're not going to talk to her directly and putting those boundaries up in the way that I always look at it is like I put up boundaries for everyone for myself but also like for my children mm-hmm. and even with family I'm like I don't care who it is mm. I'm going to ever so gently tell you absolutely not <laughs> you, I'm like because you you know what I mean I'm like because I know what it feels like to grow up in those environments and all the work I have to do as an adult mm. to unlearn all that yeah. shit so with my kids I'm very protective over let me protect them as much as I can but understanding that I am literally a pioneer of breaking these generational curses whatever you want to call it I'm breaking it and it looks like at one years old, when you're telling, you know, your grand, your mother is telling your one year old, I'm like, no, that's very clear what's happening. Yeah, you know? for sure. So being, being okay with that. And I think about it as like, I'm protecting my inner child when I also show up for my children and say, Hey, that don't, part. we're, you're not, no, you're not gonna tell her that she needs to be slapped. Like, yeah. absolutely mm. not. Yeah. That was that, that part you know? is like, and say it in front of your child, because I think that's important too, because when we allow adults to say inappropriate things to children and we don't correct those adults in front of the children, they don't understand how wrong it is. Yeah. And even if you do it later on, mm-hmm. the child is now, there's like secrecy to it and there's also accountability to it. And I don't think we realize how every single thing we do affects how children receive, yeah. understand and stand up for themselves in the future. So I'm completely an advocate of like, nah, that's yeah. not okay. <laughs> we don't hit. Everybody hurt me. Cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what we do in this I don't, house. Yeah, We're I'm not like, I don't care anybody. who you are. The only person going to get slapped might be you if you keep on telling me you're going to slap my child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, where's one more question? What was the other question there? No, there was like it. two. Oh, oh, oh. No, like she, one. that was all of them. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, I mean, how do, how can I raise an emotionally intelligent child and also stick to having firm and stern boundaries? Yada, yada, yada. And Girl, I think, stand I think up, we stand definitely for covered her. it. But I also think in front of your mom. it's good like <laughs> that she knows what she's trying to do. She knows what her goal is. She knows why mm-hmm. she's feeling insecure about it because her mother is making her feel insecure about it. But also because, like she said, she doesn't have a support system. And so my opinion on that last question is just like continue to like do the the research and have the conversations required to be the parent that you want to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a lot of resources out there now. You know, I I definitely sometimes feel like, man, these kids still yelling at me, even though I'm trying to, (laughs) I'm trying to teach them how to use their voice, but they're using it against me. Let me, Mm. let me figure out if there are other ways for me to approach this. hundred percent. And so that doesn't mean we get it right all the time, but there's endless um, resources, I think for finding tools um, to, 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 
to nail it. Yeah. Just trusting what you your said. judgment. Trusting your judgment yeah. too, I think, as a mom. I think sometimes, especially when we're first time moms, like as we're going through the motions, it's okay, I have to listen to my mom or my grandmother or an elder yeah. because they've done it before. But knowing when there's some things that I'm like, mm, I don't really get down with that. Like mm -hmm. like the whole idea of hitting somebody to make them listen, I'm like, that just sounds so crazy to me. I know, but it's so <laughs> it sounds so normal to everyone. No, right. But that's why yeah. I'm like, but when I really break it down, like, for myself and my children, I'm yeah. like, yeah, no. <laughs> no. I just need to work yeah. on my, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah. would end in one because it's my favorite thing right now is therapy. Um, but I would say to heal yourself yeah. while you're trying to heal your children because that's what Cody just said. She's like, okay, I taught them to use their voice and now they're using their voice against me. And that's because we're teaching our children to do things that we weren't taught how to do. Mm -hmm. So we're learning at the same time as yeah, them. Absolutely. So we don't even have the tools to handle them properly articulating themselves or whatever because we're still triggered by our childhood like oh that's disrespectful whatever mm -hmm. so I would say as you're trying to teach your child heal your own wounds and heal your own childhood traumas and really work on that through therapy because the more healed you are the better example you will give to your daughter and be able to help her you know articulate herself and have a healthy relationship mm -hmm. faux shizzle Thank you all so much for your questions and connecting with us. We are really loving our village of mamas. Make sure you're leaving us those five stars and writing reviews. If you want to submit a question to us, you can connect with us on Instagram at the Mamas Den Podcast. Fill out our form in the show notes or send us an email at podcast with an S, podcast with an S at blacklove.com and we'll get to your question in a future episode. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.